You are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast sponsored by Natural Stacks. This is the show everybody who's into performance and biohacking should listen to. If you want to know more about Optimal Performance, check out OptimalPerformance.com. You were looking for a way to change your life. You got it. I kind of think in some ways, selfishly, that it should remain a secret because it is such an advantage that I kind of want to keep to myself. Natural Stacks. Natural Stacks. Shout out to the guys over at Natural Stacks. Start optimizing your mental and physical performance. Optimize yourself. All right. Happy Thursday, all you optimal performers, and welcome to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast sponsored by Natural Stacks. Our guest today is... Tim Anderson of Original Strength Systems. Tim is a really cool guy, and he is the author of Regaining the Body You Were Meant to Have. Um, I saw Tim speak at Wake Forest in January and knew that he would be a great, great guest for this podcast. So um, today we're going to be talking a lot about integrity of movement, crawling, core strength, creating better movers and therefore better athletes. And as you can hear from the title of his book, again, regaining the body that you were meant to have. Uh, so before we jump to, to Tim and get really deep into this, you know it's time for the fact of the day. So today's fact of the day comes from a post written by Clarence Bass. We're talking a little bit, uh, since we're talking longevity and, and movement patterns and using the body, this is a really cool point of information where um, physical dimensions of aging was published uh, by Human Kinetics in, in 1995. It is part of a study done at the University of Texas by Dr. Wayneen W. Spierduso. And what they found was that champion powerlifters between the ages of 40 and 75 had little or no difference um, between upper and lower body strength losses. Um, so as long as we continue to use what we have, we won't lose it. Um, and that is especially counts when we're talking about the proverbial step or being explosive or the spring. Um, you know, and, and Clarence Bass in this post specifically talks about people losing the spring in their legs when they get older and how some old people literally cannot jump up on a curb. So keep that in mind as you listen to our podcast today. We're really talking about um, regaining what you've had keeping it, maximizing it, and holding on to it through the duration of your life because that is what we are all about here at Optimal Performance, not only maximizing it for today but for the rest of your life. Um, so before we get back to Tim, we're going to read some of our reviews from iTunes. Uh, as you guys know, we launched first three episodes and really, really great reviews. So you guys keep these coming on iTunes. Um, Here's one from Strange Joy. Just getting into the world of biohacking. This podcast is a great source of information. Um, how about at Producer West? Very quality information from a diverse range of guests. Everything from sleeping, diet, nutrition, intermittent fasting, physical training, supplementation, professional athletics, and general biohacking. Stoked the Natural Stacks team finally has a podcast. Looking forward to the future. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Loved it. Recommend it to anyone. Thank you, Erivo88. Great fitness podcast. Nick's Travel Bug. And let's go one more. Ben Hanna. This podcast is great, featuring a wide variety of guests covering physical and mental side of performance. Can't wait to see what they come up with next. So next, you guys, is Tim Anderson. So this one is going to be really cool. So let's dig right in. Tim, um, 
why? We'll go just right into the question. Why should our listeners care about crawling, and, and what does this have to do with, with what we're looking for in terms of optimal performance? Uh, well, uh, first of all, Ron, thanks so much for having me. Um, of course, thank you. So I, people should care about crawling because crawling is the foundation of our gait pattern. Uh, it, it, that is where we, as a child, we set our posture with crawling. We develop the, the curves in our spine and our, lumbar, our, our cervical curves and our lumbar curves. And it's where we teach our stabilizers how to stabilize our joints so that our prime movers can move. So, but the most important thing is that it is truly the foundation of your gait where your opposite limbs start working together and moving together in coordination. And that's really important because we're supposed to walk <laughs> and we're supposed to be good, efficient walkers. And walking is if you walk properly, walking actually helps keep you tied together and keeps you very strong. And it's, it's great for your brain as well. Awesome. So, you know, we, we know here at Optimal Performance that, that walking and, and general exercise can be great for getting blood flow and in the creative process and stuff. So you, you kind of started on that. So let's dig in a little deeper and elaborate on that. So, um, you know, it sets the foundation for our gait. What does that mean? And, you know, are, are you saying that most people have a flawed gait or, or flawed walking pattern? Well, I, yeah, I guess I'm kind of saying that. Like if you look around, uh, if you go people watching or to the airport or the mall, you'll see people walking. They'll have phones in their hands or they'll have uh, briefcases or backpacks or suitcases in their arms. And even people that don't have anything in their hands, you don't often see them uh, matching their shoulder swing with their hip swing. And our joints are, we're designed so that our opposite limbs are supposed to move together and, and our opposite joints actually mirror each other. So when the knee goes into flexion, the, el the opposite elbow goes into flexion. When the, when the hip goes into extension, the opposite shoulder goes into extension. So when people walk, they're still supposed to use four limbs just like they do when they crawl. Uh, so we're, we're not, even though, uh, we do stand on two feet, we, we still use all four limbs when we, when we walk from point A to point B. And m most of the time you will see that hardly anybody does that, um, like they should. Right, right. And, and, and it stands out when you see it because it looks beautiful. It looks very graceful. It looks like somebody's got somewhere to go. They're confident and they're, you know, they, they're, they're walking with a purpose. Otherwise, what you normally see is just people walking, their head is down, their shoulders may be slumped. There's very little swing in their arms. And if there is, it's probably coming from their elbows. So it's just, it's just not graceful. Yeah. So I, I'm a strength coach and, and as somebody who loves elite performance and, and seeing great movers move and do what they do, um, you know, when I people watch when I'm in public, this, that stuff stands out to me. And I know as, as somebody who's helping people in a gym setting that those flawed patterns lead to pain. So, so touch on that for us a little bit. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where we want to go with this is, you know, why should people care? Well, because if you're, if you're not doing this correctly, it's going to lead to some sort of dysfunction, uh, pain or, or other bigger issue. So, so like I said, crawling, uh, it is the foundation of your gait pattern, but it's also the foundation of you. So when we learn to crawl, we are actually tying our, our entire body is getting tied together. Um, we're tying our sensor together and, and that allows us to move freely. So when you're on your hands and knees and you're crawling, like again, your rotator cuffs, learn how to stabilize your shoulder. 
the hit the rotators in your hips learn how to stabilize your hips um your your joints are all integrated together in one motion your ankles your knees your hips your shoulders your spine your wrist all those joints get integrated into your brain as one being so they're not they're not we're not separated into tiny parts so that when we stand up in the world and start walking everything is integrated and tied together again and everything's moving properly so what crawling does is it, it establishes our reflexive strength, um, which that is that is the foundation of all that all our movement and strength expressions are based off of. And when you have your reflexive strength, what you really have is reflexive control. So the ability to express yourself, all the strength you were designed for, all the mobility you were designed for, whatever your hobby is, whatever your sport is, you have that ability to express it and express it well. Um, I, I liken it to like Mikhail uh, Barishnikov, I think that's how, he, how you say his name, the, the, the dancer that is just so beautiful that everybody knows. He, he, he has all of his reflexive control, and he expresses himself so beautifully that it, it makes people pay attention. But we are all supposed to be able to move like that. And we all get that from, from developing our reflexive strength and from all those developmental stages that we had as a child that were designed to get us up on two feet so that we could move freely and gracefully like, like a ball, like a ballet dancer. Right. So for our listeners, what's an easy way, you know, I, I've seen you speak in person. So when you speak in person, you're able to demonstrate a lot of these things and, and show an example. Um, for our listeners, you know, who may be driving in a car um, or, or otherwise not able to see you demonstrate these things, What's what's an easy way for them to kind of either self-assess or to to determine where those flaws may be and and ways for them to kind of practice um, and start working on being able to demonstrate that reflexive strength and control. Well, oh my gosh, um, there's so many areas that 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 they could we could go for for your listeners. Um, one would be the easiest place to start is have them lie on the floor. And, and just relax and breathe and try to learn where they're breathing at. Because if, if they're not breathing using their diaphragm, if they're not breathing down into their bellies, um, well, then they're, they're chest breathers, which is they're, they're using their emergency muscles to breathe, their fight or flight muscles. So that right there, if, if they learn that, then I can guarantee you they're lacking a lot of reflexive strength already because the diaphragm, your breathing muscle, is what really gets your whole inner core unit uh, working properly. It works with your pelvic floor, uh, your multifidus, your transverse abdominis. All the muscles around your spine, are they, they all work together with the diaphragm to create a very solid center. And that is so important for us because as people, when we move, the forces that we generate cross through our center, or they should, if, um, and, and the energy should go through that solid center so that we don't get hurt. But most people, we're stress breathers, and we breathe up in our chest and our neck, so it's like having a hollow center. Um, the easiest way to explain that is the difference between a baseball and a wiffle ball. You can hit the same baseball 100 times or 2,000 times and still use it even if the cover comes off because it's solid. But if you hit a wiffle ball two or three good times, the, the shell cracks because it's hollow, and that energy goes around this, the hollow, the outside, and it cracks the shell. So we're made to be solid in our center. So the floor, the ground is the best place to go, just like you did when you were a child, to redevelop all those, those developmental uh, patterns that we were given in our, as, as children to, to get us up strong enough to walk. And again, I would just start with breathing. Okay. 
Well, before we get into to crawling, um, you know, you mentioned two things that I want to build on and kind of elaborate on in that. So number one, with breathing, simply breathing, um, you know, there is a lot of new scientific evidence showing that when we lose body fat, that the fat is actually expelled as carbon dioxide, which is what you exhale when you breathe. Anecdotally, I don't see a lot of lean, fit people like yourself who have flawed breathing the way that we would see in an obese person. Um, and, and likewise, on the other side of that same coin, you know, most people who are morbidly obese will demonstrate some sort of flawed breathing. Um, I don't know if that's chicken or the egg. I think that's a lot of anecdotal evidence, but something to pay attention to. Um, and then also when we breathe, you mentioned, you know, a lot of times if we have those flawed breathing patterns and we're breathing into our chest cavity, that's a sign to our body that we are at capacity. That's a, it elicits a stress response. So even if we're sitting at our computer and we're not actually in stress um, physically, when we breathe into our chest, our body thinks that we're in stress or we're being stressed and cortisol is released. And, you know, we don't want that all the time either. So um, just some more things to pay attention to as far as breathing goes. So, so Tim, kind of keep building on that for us. If you do get in the floor and you get, you know, you get the breathing down, we're, we're breathing into our diaphragm, our core is now solid. If we start with some of the crawls, what are we looking for? Um, how do we want to go about that? So, okay. So when we get down on the floor to crawl, I would just have, anyone start out on their hands and knees. And what you're looking for is, is can you keep your head up and keep your eyes on the horizon? Uh, most people is funny when, when adults, adults assume they can crawl and then they find out otherwise when they get down on the floor, because maybe they can't keep their head up, their chest sinks and their back rounds like a bridge. Uh, so they've lost their posture or they, when they start crawling, they can't even coordinate the opposite limbs moving together. And that usually is a huge eye opener, um, for, for the adults that I've dealt with because it, it makes them wonder, why, why can't I crawl? And my question is, though, if you can't crawl on the floor and that's the foundation of your gait pattern, how are you walking? Mm -hmm. and, and then, if because most people, when they want to get healthy, instead of walking, they'll go out running. They even, right. they don't, right. <laughs> they skip running and go, or walking and go straight to running. So if they're not crawling well, well, how are they running? Yeah. also, which creates so much more force through the body. Yeah. And, and I love that. I'm so glad I saw you speak on this because ever since then, that's been a great conversation weapon for me to use with, with those people, like you said, who want to jump straight into running. Well, if you can't crawl and maintain spine, you know, pelvic shoulder integrity on all fours, what the hell are you doing on two? And what do you think is happening to your ankles, your knees, your hips, uh, and all those other joints every time you take that pounding. I mean, running is a single leg, dynamic, repetitive movement. Um, yes. You know, and that's, that's, that's way, way down the road in terms of progression from crawling. So, yeah, we children are so, I mean, we can learn so much from watching them, but a child, you know, they're, they're persistent and they earn or they build the strength they need to get up and to walk. And then they, and they still learn how to move as they're doing that. So they, even when a child learns how to walk, he still spends so much time on the ground, still solidifying that solid foundation. And, but, it, but children don't start from learning how to pick their head up off the floor to run in sprints. They just, they don't do that. And matter of fact, children don't start you know, like doing pull-ups as soon as they hit the, the monkey bars either. They spend time learning how to hang and swing and developing that strength to do pull-ups. Mm -hmm. Everything they do is a very, 
wonderful progression. But adults, we go right for the end. <laughs> we don't we don't like to go from the beginning. We we, we you know we want to read the end of the book first. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's where we get into trouble, especially when it comes to running, because so much force is generated when we run, and the, if the body's not ready for it, it, it can be disastrous. Agreed. Um, you know, and the the whole adults wanting to read the end of the book first could be a whole other podcast on psychology and you know that stuff. So we'll, we'll save that I for agree. another day. <laughs> uh, we we won't go down that rabbit hole. But you know, in terms of crawling, um, you know, I, I love these because they can be programmed for so many different purposes and uses in a workout or a training setting. So um, I want to, you know, I'll list a couple of the the, the typical uses. Um, if you have any other uses, definitely let us know. But then I want you to kind of tell us, explain how we would uh, program each of these uses. So, you know, crawls can be used for, for preparation, you know, f- as warm up for the workout to be done. They can be used for mobility, uh, for actual strength building. They can be used for fat loss. They can be used for neurological resets. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, like I said, the, the different ways that we would set up sets and reps. How would we progress these? Um, how do you, you kind of quantify some of that stuff? And, and where do you put each use in the workout? Uh, wow. Um, this one could be tough. I, I don't really deal with crawling as far as sets and reps go. Um, it, it, I, I either deal with it in steps, like crawl for 20 steps, mm-hmm. or I deal with it in time. Um, you know, crawl for two minutes. Right, right. So, but they crawling because of the nature of it. So every time you crawl, it's a neurological reset, regardless. Um, you're using both hemispheres of your brain and making them very efficient. The the brain, you're making your brain very efficient. And Ex- therefore you're also making your body very efficient. Ex- explain that one a little bit for everybody. Cause I think that's something that that'll be of interest to our listeners. So the right side of your brain controls the left side of your body and the left side of your brain controls the right side of your body. And when you crawl, you get the left side and the right side of the brain uh, communicating together and laying neural connections down together. So when a child learns how to crawl, he's really developing his brain. The cool thing is when an adult learns how to crawl or revisits crawling, he's redeveloping his brain and cementing more wonderful neural connections. The benefits are better focus, better emotional uh, balance, better uh, thoughts, better memories. Everything is better in the brain, in the mind itself. The, uh, the other benefit of that is the body starts to move better as well. Because also when you crawl, every single step you take, you are getting, you're, you're giving your brain information and your brain sending back a reflexive response to tell your muscles what to do without any conscious thought on your part. So it is literally reflexive, gentle reflexive strength training. Um, that was, so that's beautiful. So in doing that, so again, no matter when you crawl, whether it's before your workout, after your workout or in the middle of your workout, it's a neurological reset. And that is important because literally what that means is it refreshes your nervous system and it allows you to train harder and longer because you can recover faster because you can only train to the limit of what your nervous system can handle. But if your nervous system is always fresh, then your movements are always clean. They're always clear and crisp. And that is why crawling is so powerful before, during, and after a workout. That is awesome. That's why we love crawling because you get smarter, more focused, happier, better nervous system function, work out harder, longer. What's not to love, right? I mean, that's everything that we're, we're chasing. Exactly. 
So here's and here's the here's the thing for me. What I love about crawling is is you can absolutely use it for your entire strength training session. Um, like I I totally abandoned lifting weights for almost two years and just mostly just crawl. I crawl for time. I crawl dragging things or whatever. Crawl body weight, but I am stronger now than I have ever been. I definitely feel better. Um, and and it was weird. Uh, like the proof's in the pudding. I know, but you know, I could go back or I went back to things, weights I haven't touched in, in over a year, two years, and I could do the same and more, um, with the weights. And that's kind of unusual that's really as far cool. as weight training goes. So for somebody who's not a strength coach and, and may not, you know, know how to go through in, in their head the way you would and, and build an entire workout program off of just crawling, what would that look like? If, if our listeners wanted to say, Hey, you know, that's cool. I might try that for a week or a month. How would they train total body? Um, and then you mentioned if you crawl dragging things, that's obviously a progression from just doing the crawl with body weight. Yeah. So, um, so the, the progression from that, I guess if you were starting from ground zero, baby crawling, you would just want to develop the ability to crawl, baby crawl for time. Um, and I, I, I just use everything uh, in 10-minute increments because it's just easy for me to wrap my head around. But if a person could baby crawl for 10 straight minutes without resting while breathing in and out of their nose, while keeping their mouth shut, while keeping their tongue on the roof of their mouth, using their diaphragm the whole time, I would think they would probably be ready to start crawling on their hands and feet. Um, and then so that's a progression. So when we crawl on our hands and feet like a leopard or like Spider-Man, we're keeping the butt down low below the head so that the posture of the spine looks just like it did when you when you were baby crawling so we still have that wonderful reflexive posture that we're building but now we've got a lot of time under tension because the body's elevated so now every single step we take is a muscular effort but again it's all reflexive there's no cognitive thought so if you can build that up for time and it may start out that you know two minutes is all you got great rest and then when you recover crawl two minutes more and rest, recover, crawl more. And you just add up your time for, say, 10 minutes of, of crawling time. The cool thing is, is, and for one, this is really, it's brutal. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I've it's tried crawling. it. I can speak so to it. So yeah. it's a neurological reset. So even though it's brutal, you're refreshing your nervous system with every single step so that you don't, the next day you can do it again. The next day you can do it again. You could do it every single day of the week. And the only thing that will suffer is your mind because it gets to be a, a mental <laughs> obstacle laborious challenge for your brain um but the body is fine anyway you work up to 10 straight minutes of crawling forward with your mouth shut with your tongue on the roof of your mouth with your butt below your head and then once you get to that maybe you try it backwards backwards is a whole other story um that's tremendous strength training right there and it will glue you together better than anything that i have ever come across and then if you get good at that you start dragging things. <laughs> you can tie a harness to you, drag a sled, drag a chain, or you can just drag things with your hands while you crawl. It gets, it gets to be a lot of fun and challenging. That's awesome. So when I saw you speak at Wake Forest, I, I got to see you run the, uh, the girls' soccer team through this. And, and I can say that seeing uh, Division One athletes be humbled by those leopard crawls that you mentioned is a, is a real eye-opener. You also mentioned time under tension so from a muscle building standpoint we know that we want we need time under tension for hypertrophy so if you think about in a in a typical bodybuilding session we're looking at sets of eight to twelve reps being um, ideal for that time under tension and, and if we think hey a typical you know we'll go real stereotypical here on a chest and shoulders you know 
bodybuilding workout. Let's do three sets of 10 to 12 reps, three or four different exercises. Okay, so, so maybe we hit 10 total sets for chest, 10 total sets for shoulders. Each set is 30 seconds. You know, now we're looking at 300 seconds per chest and shoulders of time under tension in a workout that might take you 45 minutes to an hour at the gym. And then maybe you still have to do cardio afterwards. So, you know, what Tim just mentioned is that, you know, you can crawl for two minutes, which is 120 seconds, rest, do that again. You can rack up more time under tension with your body weight, which is also going to help engage your core. As you mentioned, Tim, it's going to, you know, do the neurological reset. It's going to refresh you. And if you're moving your body through space that long, that serves as the fat loss and the cardio effect that, you know, now you've, you've basically doubled or even tripled your exercise efficiency and you're going to get, it's easy to see how you got the results you, you were talking about earlier when you switched to this type of workout. The one, one of the things that I've learned that it gives you is body mastery. Like you are in complete control of your body, the speed at which it moves, uh, every nook and cranny you fill in, there's no (laughs) gaps. You fill in all the gaps, even, even from a breathing standpoint, when you can crawl 10 to 20 minutes with keeping your mouth shut and never once opening your mouth while you're elevated, your diaphragm, so it's a muscle, right? So you have trained that muscle now. It has endurance as well. As an athlete, from a performance standpoint, you will never, ever get tired on the field. And if you're not going to get tired, you're holding it. He's in trouble. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Um, so a couple of times in, in talking about how to crawl, you've mentioned butt and hips below head level. Um, one of the rapid-fire questions I was going to throw at you later on was the meat thermometer. So when – when we start, we want to have our, our hips and our butt below head level. What happens when we lose that? What does that tell us? So just like uh, when the butt pops up, the abs, the center is done. It takes a lot of strength from your core, the, your center, to keep your butt down below your head. And the easiest explanation I have for that is your grandma sticks the turkey thermometer in the turkey at Thanksgiving to know when the turkey's done. When that little thermometer pops up, the turkey's done. When you see somebody's butt pop up, their abs are done and they're hurting and they're looking for they're looking for a place of comfort. Um, so that's why the butt pops up. So if we're in a gym setting, we're going to shut people down, tell them to rest, wait till they're ready to go again. If, if somebody was going to try this at home, is that that's what they should do too, right? Shut that down. You know, you're you're if you're if let's say they were trying to go for two minutes or ten minutes and their butt pops up before the time is up shut it down you could i i i you could use that as a governor my first governor would be to use the mouth as a governor so when the mouth pops open for air shut that down let's train the diaphragm and then yes also if the butt also pops up we can we got two options we can say hey let's get that down and see if we can hold it down longer or completely shut it down and let them recover or just shut them down to baby crawl because the butt can't pop up when you're baby crawling. So you just let them recover while they're ba- baby crawling, getting that good. Now, so now it's a legitimate good reset again until they recover and they can get it back on their hands and feet. Okay, cool, cool. So another thing you said at Wake Forest that I really, really love, um, people go fast to hide what they do not have. And if you can own slow, you can own fast. I love that. And, and I've used that so many times um, since hearing you say that. 
talk a little bit about the speed at which we want people to crawl and, and you know, how that carries over to um, being a better mover and a better athlete. That Okay, so if you can crawl slow motion in slow motion, that goes back to being a master of your own body. Um, so especially if you're elevated, crawling on your hands and feet, and it takes you almost 10 seconds to crawl one step. So you've got two limbs in the air almost for 10 seconds as they're slowly moving to the ground before the other two come up. You will develop such a control over your body that no matter where you are, what you're doing, that control will transfer over. A lot of times people will hide things with their speed because one, they either can't do something so they try to cover it up by moving fast, um, so they're trying to cover up sloppy movement, or it is uncomfortable and they will use speed to get rid of, to get out of uh, an uncomfortable situation. For a lot of people, they'll crawl, try to crawl very, very fast on their hands and knees because it takes a lot of muscular effort, it's uncomfortable, and they don't own it and they're trying to get from A to B. And a lot of people, and, and this is just our society because we're, again, we look for the end of the story, the end of the book. We don't, a lot of people aren't really honest and they don't want to put in the, the uncomfortable time or the, the make sure they're doing things right because they're just trying to hit the mark. And a lot of people don't care about the quality on the way to hitting the mark as much as they do. Well, I just want to hit the mark. So anyway, speed is one of those, those leverages that people will try to manipulate to, to get around things or to cover up things. And you can't do that when you're going slow motion. You are completely exposed. You either have your your reflexes, your body's either tied together or it's not. And, and when you go slow, that is, every, the whole world knows it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. So if you're crawling, if you're going to try these out, go slow. Like Tim said, 10 seconds per step. Is that our goal? 10 seconds a step? <laughs> no, 10 seconds could be extreme <laughs> to try out with, but like even like if you two. only took three seconds per step, okay. that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, a lot of what you do is, is based in, you know, primal stuff, movement patterns, longevity, uh, being in it for the long haul, um, which is, you know, that's something that's core, uh, you know, at our core at natural stacks. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on, on protein, uh, maybe branch chains or, or creatine things for recovery? So I am all for uh, protein because, I mean, that is without amino acid. I mean, that's the building block of muscle right there. So if we're going to live hard like we should, not just train hard, then we need to eat protein. And I really enjoy myself personally protein supplementation because, one, I have a sweet tooth and I make it like dessert. I make pudding out of my protein powder. And two, it is a lot easier than cooking a steak every night, and it's certainly a lot easier than eating a steak every night. Um, so I, I'm all for getting in enough enough food to feed the muscles. Well, and sometimes if you're at the gym like you are all day long, it's it's not uh, logistically possible to have a cow there all the time for you. So you know it can be convenient. Yeah, I I don't have time to milk it or or cook it if I had it here. Um, <laughs> So no, it is so much easier to uh, to grab a, a protein shake or, or to to make some protein and and, and enjoy it that way. Yeah. So you know you mentioned making pudding out of protein. The um, uh, the Natural Stacks protein and one of the other Natural Stacks products, Prebiotic Plus, combine very well to make a really really cool pudding. And we will actually put a recipe 
for that in the show notes. So for all of our listeners, make sure you go to optimalperformance.com. Check out the blog version of this. You'll get to see the video of Tim and I, uh, as well as all the show notes, links to the resources, and of course, that recipe for a really cool uh, pudding. So Tim, let's let's go. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire. So I'm going to okay. throw out a couple of things that, that were in my notes from when I saw you speak at Wake Forest, and you can, um, you know, take as much or as little time on, on each of these as, as you want to, you know, cover. So um, we talked a lot about crawling so far, but I think everything we talked about was linear, straightforward, straight backward. Let's talk a little bit about lateral crawling. Lateral crawling uh, is awesome. Um, so many times, especially in life, you know, life is not just forward and back. You know, if you're in, if you're if you cook in your own kitchen, you're moving in circles. You're stepping to the left, stepping to the right. Well, lateral crawling is we really tie the body together, but we get those lateral moving muscles. According, we're still moving opposite limbs together, so the left arm is still moving with the right leg. But now we're going sideways, and this is a great way to target muscles that don't often get a lot of attention. And if you're lateral crawling on your hands and feet, it is a an assault on your center because you're spread wide the whole time. You know, you're, it's almost like, it looks like a, like say, like a sideways looking push up where the center is just really on the whole time because there's never any, there should not be any closing of the gap, you know, cause then the butt's popping up and the abs are done. Um, but lateral crawling is a great way to teach lateral movement for athletes, uh, just, just to make people more well-rounded movers in general. Well, and I like what you said too. In, in the very first part of your answer, you know, it's not just for athletes, but but for everyday adults. I mean, we we shift laterally at our desk or to a filing cabinet or in the kitchen, at the you know from the washer to the dryer. Um, you know, these are movement patterns that we see all the time in daily life. Um, okay, so Jack Lane, let's talk a little bit about that guy and uh, and how awesome he was, but also his ability to to kind of master movement and body weight stuff. How can some of these crawls be progressed into maybe his full extension push-ups or, or um, some of those feats of strength that maybe people want to take a picture of and put on Instagram? So, man, first of all, Jack LaLanne was – he was just the man. He was decades ahead of his time. And even uh, – the best thing about Jack is, is that he lived out what he, what he preached – he, he, he was, he was practicing what he was preaching mm-hmm. throughout his entire life. I mean, at age 96 years old, he could still do fingertip push-ups, spread out like Superman. And I don't know any 20 year olds that can do that at all, but he could do it at, at 96. And he did that almost every single day of his life. Um, so the one thing I learned from Jack is good work ethic. He, he, he consistently participated in movement every single day. So he really didn't age. And, and I, I, I learned that you have to have, he's one of the guys that I looked at that where I learned that you have to have a solid center to stay healthy. And Jack had a solid center, which he often displayed with his Superman pushups. So to answer your progression question, when it comes to lateral crawling or even, even forward crawling, you can start spreading out your hands and feet so wide that you are spread out like Superman while you're crawling. The butt's still down, the head's still up. Which so it puts a tremendous amount of stress on through your torso, but you can get strong enough where you can crawl around like that as well, and uh, it will make you ridiculously strong. <laughs> so, 
I'm laughing because I've tried these and, and they're very humbling, but you mentioned the progression. I think so that's a really cool thing for our listeners to, to keep in the back of their mind. You know, your progression doesn't always have to be more time. It doesn't have to be dragging something or more weight. It can be simply moving parts of your body farther away from your center so that, you know, those lever arms are longer and it puts you at a more disadvantaged position and you have to display more strength to do the same movement. Absolutely. Some of the best progressions are actually born out of your imagination and your creativity, which is the cool part, because when you start wondering, how can I make this harder or more challenging? That means you're doing some good things. It's, it's, it's good all around for your brain and your body. Yeah. And, and our listeners like to, uh, to think and, and come up with solutions to problems. So I, I think that's a really cool thing for our people to play with. Um, all right. So what about reverse crawling for shoulder health? So like I, I kind of mentioned this earlier that to me, one of the, the top dogs in crawling is crawling backwards. And when you crawl backwards, your brain does this amazing thing where it somehow rewires everything without you trying to figure it out. But your toes start reaching like your fingers, your hips start reaching out like your shoulders and your little tiny shoulders try to become like your big, strong hips. And so it takes a lot out of your shoulders to try to, to try to propel you backwards. One of the cool things though, is every single time that hand places, you touches the ground and you place weight on it, your rotator cuff spire and they stabilize that shoulder joint. And so crawling so for people that have shoulder injuries or shoulder issues or they're trying to rehab a shoulder listen the very first way you built a strong shoulder was when you were a child and you learned how to push your push your big head up off the floor and start crawling around on the floor well guess what that was the original design and that design is still in you and that is the best way to start rehabbing the shoulder now and so you don't have that big head anymore well some of most of us don't but <laughs> But for adults, if we crawl backwards, it does create that a little bit of a disadvantage where the shoulders have to work a little bit harder. Um, anyway, so it, it's a great way to strengthen and make some really bomb-proof shoulders. That's awesome. Um, all right. So, Tim, before we get into your three tips, um, tell everybody, tell our listeners where they can find more of you. Oh, uh, so – we have a website called originalstrength.net, um, and on that website, we have a ton of YouTube videos. We also have a YouTube page, the Original Strength uh, YouTube page. But So all we have a, a slew of videos on crawling, rolling, uh, breathing, head control, rocking, all, all the wonderful movements that you all did at one time. Uh, we also have uh, books. We've got three or four books, um, Original Strength Performance, for those that want to know how to really add some progressions to their training. We have uh, original strength restoration, and that is for anybody that maybe, maybe they just need to start just like they did in the beginning, like a, when they were a baby, um, so that no matter who you are, no matter what condition your body is in, you can start where you are, and you can start building the body you were meant to have. Um, and we, so all of those books are available on our website or even Amazon or, or wherever you like to do your internet shopping. All right. And of course, we'll have those links on the show notes for you guys as well go to optimalperformance.com. You'll be able to see those and, uh, you know, one click away and we'll take you right to the books. So, um, well, Tim, man, I, I share your affinity for crawling and I, I certainly feel like and hope that, uh, we've been able to share some of its coolness with, uh, with our listeners and, and maybe have some new fans. Um, before we let you go, three tips to help our listeners perform at their highest level. 
okay, well, I don't know if this is a tip. I guess this is a tip. I, I think you should know that you are always designed to be strong. Like knowledge, that is something you should never let go of. Don't settle for, well, when I grow older, I'm supposed to fall apart or I'm supposed to hurt because I'm growing older. That's crap. So just know that even when you're 90, you're still supposed to be able to run up and down a mountain and go hiking and play with your grandkids and throw kids into the pool. You're always meant to be strong. And like you said earlier with Clarence Bass, the only reason we lose things like that is because one, we either stop doing them or two, we believe that we're not supposed to be able to do them. And then we stop doing them. So don't let go of that. Two, the second tip would be to move every single day um, because the body is use it or lose it, but it's also use it and keep it. So if you want to keep it, you got to use it. And then my third tip, I don't know, man. Those first two were pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty strong. Um, the, the third tip would be just to, uh, you want to crawl enough where walking is your crawling. So here's the deal. Crawling is the ultimate reset, but it's not supposed to be because walking is supposed to be. So you want to be tied together enough and have that solid foundation from crawling that when you walk, you walk with strength. And it is walking that is your reset between before, during, and after your workout. And it's walking that keeps you tied together. It's walking that keeps your brain healthy. It's walking that makes you Superman strong because that's who you're supposed to be. And that's how you're designed. So that's my tips. I, I love it. You are supposed to be Superman. There's, I don't think we can that's end it. Absolutely right. There's no way to end it better than that. Tim, thanks a lot for hanging out with us, man. This has been great. Um, can't thank you enough. Ryan, thank you, man. I've, I really enjoyed it. It's fun. For a way to change your life. You got it. I kind of think in some ways, selfishly, that it should remain a secret because it is such an advantage that I kind of want to keep to myself.